Welcome to Untangling Relationships, a conversation between a counselor and a yoga teacher, a Gen Xer and a millennial, and a mother and daughter. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of relationships with your hosts, Janae and Penny. Hi, and welcome. And we have some special guests that have joined us. We're doing some episodes on parenting, and we are really lucky to have had three dads that have uh, agreed to join. I feel like often dads don't have a voice in discussions around parenting, so we're really excited to be able to have this opportunity to have this conversation and uh, have fathers that are willing to join us for that. So we'll start with introductions, and um, so we'll start with you. See if I say your name that I've already introduced you, so just get to start. Uh, hi, I'm Dave. I am 35 and I'm having my first child in January. And the first word that would describe fatherhood that comes to mind would be nervousness. I had an interesting experience in my childhood and hopefully I can make a better one for my child. Yeah, that's understandable. Nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be worried about you if you weren't a little bit nervous. <laughs> so it's a big thing. I or would, I would love a magic wand that we could give parents that just stepped into the confidence of their intuition. I know that doesn't exist, but it should be nice. Yeah. Okay, I okay, guess Johnny. it's my turn. Yes, go for it. <laughs> okay, I'm Johnny. I'm 33. I have a 13-month-old daughter. So we're diving right into crazy toddler mode. If I had to describe fatherhood in one word it'd probably be busy very busy yeah they don't stop (laughs) no yeah but it's great yeah it is fun to see them moving and having personalities even though it's it is busy yes i'm joe i'll be 35 in a couple weeks i'm father of everest he's three and i just have to say the word that describes fatherhood is adventurous you never really know what's going to happen day to day, even little things. Everything's an adventure, I'd say. Yeah, I love that. I love the thought of those three words together for the three of you. So a nervous, busy adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As most adventures are, right? You have some nerves around them and they get filled with things and you never know what's going to happen. So I love that. So we'll jump right into question number one, and then we'll go in order, Dave, and then Johnny, and then Joe. And so first question is, what emotional changes have you noticed around being a dad? For emotional changes for me, I've been wanting to make sure that things are are ready for baby. Not like my wife wants with the nursery and the house, but like outer, out-of-home things to be prepared like finances and work stability. And that's, to me, a little nerve-wracking when sometimes feels like it's out of my control. It's unstable. Yeah, yeah. very unstable. And so that that's an, can be emotionally roller coaster ride, at least for me at the moment. Yeah, so all the emotions of being a new dad and wanting to make sure everything is ready. And like you said, not the day-to-day things, but kind of those big picture things. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So affecting emotionally, that was the question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was pretty emotional before I had a kid. So I guess now I'm just amplified, more sensitive to things, just dumb things. You know, you'll be like in the store and I'll see Lily look at something that I remember looking at, you know, and it'll spark a memory and then I'll start to kind of tear up like, wait. I'm in public. <laughs> why am I why am I feeling emotional right now? It's just you just kinda of, I'm a little bit more sensitive, I guess, to just dumb things. I don't know. That's what I've noticed for sure. Yeah. And I don't know, Johnny, if that changes being a parent. I definitely think I've been more emotional since I became one and it hasn't changed. So that makes sense. <laughs> changes emotions. I have someone to cry with during Disney movies now. So <laughs> I've got that going for me. That's awesome. Because he likes to give me crap about that. It's interesting that she gave the opposite kind of answer that she was like, didn't I really identify with those emotions before? And it makes me feel like maybe we have opposites in our pairings because I'm definitely like cry at every Disney movie and my partner is not. And so it's really interesting. Uh Like you probably need the balance. So 
it'll be good yeah. for me to have a little kid to cry with. <laughs> I think the the one thing for me that I've had to realize is that my son will match my energy, whether it's for the good or the bad. So if I'm, you know, out of control and feeling stressed, then he'll feel stressed and therefore act out in such a way to manifest that, I guess. So mm -hmm. I guess just realizing that you need to be more calm and cool and cool headed. Otherwise, your stubborn three-year-old will match you. And then you're like, why are you being like this? And he's like, I'm just matching what you're doing. So so it sounds like for you, Joe, more awareness around your emotions, where maybe yeah. you didn't notice them before. There's a lot of awareness with another person reflecting those back like a mirror. Yeah, like when you like say something under your breath, and then he repeats it, and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. All right. So next question, what changes have you noticed um, in your your relationship with your partner with being a dad? I know for me, I like to sneak rubbing her belly to rub the baby, which I didn't do before. <laughs> um, and we do more weekly checks and every other day check up on baby and how how she's doing and beforehand I was concerned making sure that Tina would get the proper nutrients and now I feel super I guess super annoying to her that like hey what what do we need to feed for baby and what what nutrients and make sure everything and when Tina had a Crohn's flare-up a couple of weeks ago I was super stressed about it and I feel like a couple of times I can be annoying with asking and double checking up on her and I know somewhat intimately it's been a little stressed just because at the beginning they're super nauseous and just couldn't be super intimate because almost, like I was afraid of making her throw up. <laughs> yeah. So changes in that the baby has become a big focus of the relationship, less on each of you separate and more on baby, it sounds like. In my mind, I feel like it. Yeah. I feel as we bring that up, it's a little bit guilty that I feel more focused on baby and not Tina. Mm -hmm. So, but that's, that's what it feels like right now. You've got two other dads that have been through that experience. Maybe they can give you some support around that or uh, been there too. <laughs> I mean, I guess for me, Kent and I are worried about when we had a kid, if we would grow apart because a lot of it is like passing the baton someone has to watch the kid while someone's doing the normal house chores and stuff so i guess what we we're worried about was well we're going to be individually spending time with her like periodically throughout the day so we don't we want to make sure that our relationship doesn't die per se mm -hmm. because we're just focusing on lily i really so far, it hasn't been like that to me. It's kind of we just preemptively give each other more heads up on like, hey, I want to plan to go out with my friends this day for this long. You know, and Kenzie has her thing, too. So we find ways to where we have our own outlets. And then as well as, well, it's kind of hard in the beginning when she's newborn. You can't really take her anywhere. But then once she gets older and you can start taking her places and it gets it gets pretty fun because then now Kenzie and I, we we do a lot of stuff together and we just get to see it through Lily's eyes. So in a way it's gotten making our relationship better, I think. So yeah, it's brought you closer as a couple. Yeah, definitely. And learning to work as a team in a different way that you haven't before. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me before we had Everest, I thought like, it's like, I have always trusted her with everything. Like she's been in charge of, you know, paying bills and everything like that. So if she was to go before me, I would be screwed. So she's been in <laughs> charge of all that. I've put a lot on her that way. When we first had the baby, I for the first six weeks, I was I was terrified because I had a brother that passed away of SIDS at six weeks old. And so every night I would check on the baby like multiple times <laughs> just because I was terrified that, you know, something would happen. I don't know why, but it just it was always there. And I think over the last three years, just realizing that Heather was patient with me about, you know, sometimes I'd accidentally wake him up, just checking on him 
and she'd be like, yeah, why? And I'd be like, uh, uh, you're right. Sorry. And just, just things like that. Just being patient about the different nuances that we are bringing into the relationship now that we have a son and just having more faith in one another. So like some nights Heather would be like, I need to take the baby for a couple hours so I can have some me time. Can you handle it? Like, Worst case scenario, I put him to bed early. I mean, yeah, we got this. It's not a big deal. And vice versa. Yeah. Like, if I've had a bad day, then, you know, we'll divide and conquer. So. so, again, some of that teamwork. And also, one thing I heard you bring up, Joe and David, that you did earlier is that your own childhood experiences coming into this experience and, and how those come up in a very different real way that maybe they haven't before. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So the next question kind of goes into that with that teamwork and taking shifts and having some of those childhood worries and anxiety and everything that comes into that. How are you guys taking care of yourselves as dads? Um, sleep. Uh, the other dads would tell you to get all you can now because that oh, will yeah, become a, a very precious commodity. <laughs> yeah. Sleep now and start yeah. stocking up on energy drinks. Get it while you can, man. <laughs> For sure. Before where I am with my current job, I ran myself ragged and, and didn't get a lot of sleep. And right now I'm getting probably the most sleep I have <laughs> in my adult life. So I, I feel prepared. I may be a little rusty with not getting sleep, but I have, I do feel prepared. Um, <laughs> I guess sleep, listen to music for self-soothing. There are times when we do babysit a friend's child, and I know there are times I need to step, step away and just take a breather because it may be a little overwhelming, but just those little things like taking a deep breath, knowing that the the child's not going to explode if they if it doesn't go their way. So. Oh, they might. Maybe not self-destruct, but they might explode. <laughs> yeah, sleep and take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. I guess with me, we, we got kind of lucky with Lily because she was already sleeping in her crib through the night at like three months. But definitely sleep is a big thing that you try to squeeze in whenever you can <laughs> during the beginning. There were some nights where, like, literally I'm on my knees, like, sleeping with my head on the bed with <laughs> the crib next to me. Just, like, every time she would pop out the binky, I would just wake up and put the binky back in her mouth and then put my head back down on the bed. It was, like, there was some pretty brutal nights. You just learn, I, I guess... Like you were saying with your job, I guess I was kind of conditioned for this too because I, I did work a construction job for eight years where there was some jobs I worked on that you slept in the truck for 20 minutes and kept going. So I guess I was kind of conditioned for that. That kind of worked out because I'm not a morning person, but Kenzie is. So I take night shift. She takes morning shift. But definitely take naps when you can and have your little outlets. You know, I... I go to the skate park every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. That's kind of like how I keep healthy, I guess, to keep moving, to do something other than just chasing a kid around. What else? Yeah, I know. Like just little little breathers, like you said, too, because earlier someone was mentioning reflecting personality. Sometimes I'll kind of get like a little upset and start like raising my voice. And then I'll look at my kid and be like, oh, I need to like calm down because this is creating tension in the air. So then you just kind of stop and breathe. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of how I've been taking care of myself is making sure that I have some little outlets and have time for naps and controlling your emotions in front of your kid, too, I guess. So that's it. Yeah, that's a, a lot of good stuff, Johnny. I love that, that making sure you have a routine to take care of you and taking a breather, noticing when you need to. And then playing to your strengths, I heard that with you and Mackenzie too, that I'm better at nights, she's better at mornings. And as a team, we've we've taken care of ourselves by having that conversation and, and finding our strengths and capitalizing on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would like to say like, I know you phrased it as like controlling your emotions around your kid, but I love that you are 
already starting to model like, okay, getting upset is normal. This is how you regulate it. This is how you take care of it without exploding on other people. Right. So, yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's funny about this time last year, I took a step away from work for two and a half months for mental health, working through PTSD that I didn't know I had. And I think the biggest thing was realizing that as a father, we're always told that as our guests as men don't have emotions, bury those feelings, drink some alcohol and die. Pretty much what we've been talking about <laughs> our life. And I was drinking like crazy, like a fish and just wasn't like, I was here, but I wasn't here. So I wasn't present. Like I'd get home and I'd, I'd watch the baby, but I'd, be distracted with other things, you know, to try and cover up what I was fighting. Um, so my advice is if you're feeling like you're not okay, it's okay to get some help. Um, I was terrified. Um, I was, I'm the main, uh, income in the household. Just like you said, Dave, you want everything to be taken care of and formula and everything else. You know, those are our concerns. Heather couldn't breastfeed when she first, when we got Everest. So it was always on, you know, I always made up the, the difference on the stuff we needed. But my advice is if you're starting to feel like some stuff's out of control, maybe take a step back. And that's the best thing I can say is just focus on that. What I've been trying to do lately is be more active. I do play video games to help take my mind off of the stresses of the day. And I also like metal detecting. So, and sometimes it's hard to, you, you forget sometimes what you used to love. And if you just try and go back to that, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. So for you, Joe, tapping into reaching out for support and rediscovering you and your hobbies mm -hmm. and taking time for those. Yeah. And I love bringing up the stigma of, what it means to be a man and what comes with that in society. Any dad thoughts? Anybody want to share more about that, taking care of yourself and what that journey's like? You can free flow for a minute if you want to. Uh, I know one image th that Joe brought up that a lot of dads, at least in the past, like to drink, to cope. And you see that image a lot of places. And going back to some of my past experiences, both of my parents were steady alcoholics. Before I hit the age of 10, uh, my uh, mom was trying to um, work on her alcoholism by going to AA. And there are times when she uh, couldn't find a babysitter. And so I would be uh, dragged along and hang out with the other AA kids that my dad never seeked help for his alcoholism, which makes me really nervous. But at the same time, I've not gone into heavy drinking at all. But I know that that's both a part of my past and I don't necessarily want to say genetics, but I have it in me to be an alcoholic. So it has me worried that there's the potential to be there. If you look at my liquor cabinet, that's probably the dustiest thing in the house in the kitchen is because we barely touch <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Out of anything, we have a nice collection of bottles with liquor in them. <laughs> but we hardly touch the stuff. Yeah, but just that societal stigma of this is how you handle hard things as a man or this is how you handle emotions. Yeah, that makes sense. Any other thoughts? Any ways to cope? with the stigma of what it means to be a dad or your own experiences with your own dad and being a parent that you guys want to talk about? You know, I, there was an experience that happened. Uh, it was pretty early on in our relationship. Um, it was the first time that we miscarried. Never really talked about this with anybody before, except for my, my therapist. But uh, so when Heather miscarried, I was at work and, uh, I asked if I needed to come home and she said, no, we need the money. So that stigma of, you know, bury it, work, deal with it later was definitely in full, was definitely something early on that was 
was a struggle, uh, you know, because it, it definitely affects the man um, when they lose a baby. Oh, he can't let it show. Um, I didn't tell Heather it bothered me for like five years after the fact because yeah. it was her body that she lost the baby in and I didn't feel like I could express to her how much it hurt me that we lost the baby as well. You know, I see one of Heather's uh, cousin's sons will be the same age as ours that we lost. And I'm so grateful for our son now. But the pains of, of that loss still show their ugly head from time to time. Um, so once again, just trying to break down the stigma that yeah, you're a man, but you can feel those feelings. And, and it honestly, it would have been better if I had talked about my feelings with Heather earlier than five years later. Um, you know, but hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. And I think that's the, the one thing is just try not to keep it bottled up. Yeah. Well, also trying to be there and be strong, it sounds like. I read something recently about how little attention we give to men's emotions around birth. And I don't remember the exact wording of the study I was reading, but it was talking about that a man watches their wife go to the brink of death or their partner to go to the brink of death in order to bring a human into the world. And, and they watch that and they see it and, and they go through that whole emotional process but there's no support or conversation around the trauma that that creates. When you think about the definition of PTSD, it's the fear of, of losing your own life or watching someone else go through that process. And you do. And yet we don't talk about it. And there isn't a discussion about what, it, you know, we talk about the beauty of that experience, but also the fear. And I'm not a man, so I don't know what that's like to stand and see that. But I can imagine the fear that must come up of that needing to protect and take care of things while being supportive and strong and watching that process happen and then not talking about it. That it just becomes a, a non-discussion. Yeah. Well, and also what I heard from Joe was not feeling like it's okay to take ownership or have a space in that conversation because it wasn't your body that went through it but it is still your child. Yeah. Yeah. While you bring this up, it just reminds me of what happened to Christopher and Becca. They had Kinsley, and that was a freaky experience for a lot of people. And I remember Tina and Janae and Penny asking Becca how they felt, and I don't remember if Christopher was asked, but I'm sure he was freaking out something too. But, and, and this is one of the good things and bad things with Christopher is that he's so stoic and tries to hold everything together. He'll, and not talk, but more than likely inside, he's probably freaking out the most and has his hair on fire and everything. Um, yeah. Talking with Christopher after that experience and he was, him and Beck were hoping to join and weren't able to join. But what he said was, you don't know who to save and who to be there for, because you need to be there for the baby, but you also need to be there for your partner. And you don't know who to be there for, as you have two things that now you care about and love and don't know your loyalty or your care while you're also going through your own emotions and how difficult that was. So yes, Christopher and I have many have had many conversations about that and and what that process was like during and after and even trying to process it now that of the fear of I almost lost my partner and I can't imagine what my world would be without that person while also being grateful for the new human in your life. Yeah, definitely a terrifying experience when you're a new dad who's never taken care of a baby because I never, I guess growing up, I have a pretty big family. But my dad and I, we wouldn't play with the little kids until they were little kids, right? <laughs> I was always terrified of holding a fragile little baby. So then Kenzie, with her experience, so she was in labor for like two days or something. I can't remember. It was a blur, but ended up having to do emergency C-section. I remember just being terrified, like, oh, man, like Kenzie is going to be out of commission and she's the baby expert and I'm the new person <laughs> in this process. So... I remember that being pretty emotionally like 
dreading in the beginning, like, oh, I have no idea what to expect. I remember when they released us from the hospital, I'm like, oh, I'm terrified. I can't believe they're letting us take this baby home. And like, you guys want to come with us? You know, (laughs) I don't know if I can actually do this. But I guess to like ease a, a new dad's nerves, it's really not that bad. I mean, it's kind of shocking in the beginning. I think maybe that's something to do with adrenaline or something, but you get through it. It's kind of like a instinctual thing, I guess, because I know um, my dad never really learned how to change a diaper. So growing up around my dad, I was kind of taught that I would never have to, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, but millennial dads are a little different. So <laughs> yeah, but I'm grateful for that too, because I, I have a lot of new skills with kids that I didn't have before that I didn't know I had and it's really not that hard it's just learning it's a learning curve but it's not impossible yeah it's a skill just like everything else yeah no it's like nothing but it's frustrating that my dad can't babysit that's all I'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) say well now's the time to learn you can still learn (laughs) yeah sure you'll have an excuse we need grandpa training yeah, he's just waiting until she's, you know, like five years old and can run around at the park and all that. That's that's what he that's where he thrives. Mm-hmm. But taking care of little babies, no. He he's still not really not ready to embrace that. No, I think it's just I don't know. It's wrong to say that it's boring, but that's kind of I think that's to him that's what it is. He's just like, well, what do I do with this? It's just gonna. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> oh, I'll hold it while it's sleeping. Oh, it pooped here. It's your problem. Then. <laughs> Bless his heart. All right, we're going to move into tips now, if everybody's okay with that. So tips to give current dads, future dads, wherever we're at in the journey. If you could go back to the day you found out you would be a dad, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, It'll be okay. Keep doing your best, and it'll be okay. Um, yeah, have more have more confidence in yourself. I guess, like I said, I was really terrified because I had never taken care of a baby before. But you just—it's kind of you just—you feel it out and you learn it, and it's instinctual, and it becomes very special. So, so confidence in yourself, and it'll yes. be okay. Yeah. confidence in yourself don't don't doubt yourself too much you're like oh man i can't do this i've never done this and you know what if i do it the wrong way and cause my baby some hard emotions or something you know it's not i guess i'm an overthinker so going into it's like oh man i hope i don't create some type of monster i don't know <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's been really fun so far so so funny time to enjoy it along the way Yes, but it also, um, one of my coworkers, he has a five-year-old and I remember asking him for advice. Like, what, what is your advice? Like during the first few months, and he's like, my advice is to just make sure that you get away sometimes like it. Cause you know, as men will kind of like bottle things up and not really show emotion or address issues or anything but you do have to kind of get away even if it's just getting in the car and driving around the block a few times and coming back you kind of just have to because when at the beginning you're kind of like tied to this feeling of i have complete responsibility over this human that can't do anything yet so i am just bald and chained to that i cannot have any outlets but that's not true you can even just going to the store is nice. Like, hey, do we need stuff? <laughs> you know, what do we need? And then you just go do some normal things and come back, just taking breathers, doing normal things, normal life things would be my advice. So being able to just take care of things besides just a focus on baby. Yes. Yeah. Normal house stuff as well. <laughs> gotcha. To kind of keep, take your mind off of it. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't feel so inundated emotionally and mentally. Right. Yeah. I think my advice would be that you just got to take it day by day. 
because if you just try and overthink it, which some of us do, you'll feel overwhelmed a lot faster. Also realize that your baby will do things on their own timetable. My son was a little behind on a lot of his his accomplishments, walking, you know, talking, speaking and stuff like that. And we just needed to learn that, I guess, patience, you know, he's going to learn this when he's ready not to push it. We still reached out and got resources to help him or resources to, to see what we could do to help the process come along, like his language and speech. So he wouldn't have as many temper tantrums and can actually tell us what he wants and what he needs. So I would just say is to all the dads out there, just, just be patient, enjoy the journey. They're going to be growing and learning so much every day. And, you know, this is all new to us. We can learn with them just as well. And if we're patient with them, they'll be patient with us. Yeah. So having understanding about the process while also understanding what you talked about, that journey, that the journey is going to look different for everyone. It doesn't have to look like this chart or this view or this thing, but what the journey looks like for you. Yep. All right. So the next one is what is one tip you would pass on to other dads? Don't try to juggle the baby. (laughs) I've luckily taken care of other small human beings, which gave me a, a, a little taste of it because beforehand I didn't have much experience at all. And Tina thought it was really good to leave me alone with that child. And I did okay. And luckily I was here with Tristan, who's my sister-in-law, but she wasn't much help. And she was a good cheerleader. And the best advice I'd say is diaper changing isn't that scary. (laughs) But at the same time, I I haven't experienced a blown out, so... (laughs) it'll happen (laughs) yep i was worried about that because i'm not good around that kind of stuff like picking up dog poop i kind of gag a little bit but but now it's kind of just something that's you just do every day so it's not a big deal anymore but i was terrified of poopy diapers for sure probably i'll blame my dad for that one too so (laughs) there you go So just realizing you can do it. It's going to be learning, but you can figure it out. Yeah. All right, Johnny, what's your tip? Number one tip you would give dads. Kind of the same thing is it's, it's more simple than you think. I, I like Kenzie's like very planned and stuff. And she read encyclopedias before we had the baby. And she's like, you should probably read something. And I'm like, yeah, I'll read something. So I, I bought this like, I don't even think I finished it. I think it's called like the first two years or something. Um, Diaper dude, diaper dad, diaper dude. I can't remember. (laughs) But one of the first sentences in it is just, it says, you're going to be a new dad. Advice is to just chill out, dude. It's not all going to be terrible. And I kind of took that to heart and that's all I needed to read of that book. (laughs) So kind of, I'm a worry wart and kind of anxious, but when this situation happened it was kind of like well i'm just gonna take it a day at a time and not let it stress me out and it does have its stressful moments but once you learn it it's 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 a cakewalk it's really easy and it's fun so number one tip is just don't stress your out stress yourself out too much before the baby comes Hmm. so just have confidence in yourself and know that it's going to be fun. It's going to be hard, but it's okay. Yes. And you can always, you always have people to reach out to for advice too. Yeah. So I really like hearing the joy of like, it's fun. And I do feel like there is a little bit of that stigma of for dads, it's like baby duty or whatever, <laughs> but it's like, it's fun though. You, you, there is joy in it. Oh, totally. Yes. Now Kenzie has two kids. <laughs> <laughs> And you have someone to watch Disney movies with. So it's Heck a win-win. Yes, we're going to cry together when we watch it. <laughs> All right, Joe, what's your tip? What do you want to share with other dads? I think the one thing that I always wanted was to have 
like from when I was a kid, my dad worked so much that he wasn't really present. He'd come to like one or two things a year for my school stuff, but like he didn't even know I was on the swim team. And there was one thing I told myself that I would never do. And that would be, I wanted to be present, whether it's night nightmares at night or if it's gymnastics or every little thing that he wants to do, I want to be there for and just kind of base my work life and stuff around that. I have the mantra that I work to live, not live to work. Hmm. So I think because there's that stigma again, once again, that you're a man, provide, 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 but you also need to balance that to be present in your son or daughter's life. That's how I've, I've realized that people ask me to do overtime and I'm thinking, no, I don't need to do that. I'd rather spend time with my son, go to the park or the splash pad, or just go to the store. Just little things that one day he won't want to go to the store with me, or one day he won't be holding my hand. Sorry. It's okay to have emotions, Joe. And it's just, just be present. I think that's the best thing is just be there. Be terrified, but be there. Because <laughs> yeah. you will be scared. I mean, you're going to be, be, I mean, the first poopy diaper I ever changed on my son was in the hospital. And they don't warn you what that's like. It's like, and Heather's giggling because he won't stop pooping. Like, as a pig, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? She's like, well, just good luck. <laughs> more wipes. And I was like, okay. And I I got through it. It was terrifying at the time, but looking back on it, it was one of the funniest things that had happened to me and stuff. So that's my advice is just be present and enjoy every little bit you can. Like that being present. I also heard finding the balance, right. Of, of being a dad and, and that work life balance is important or life work balance, putting that the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And being present to be a dad. All right. So the next question is, what are your top two ways of regulating your emotions as a dad? So two ways of if you're starting to feel those big emotions come up, two things that you do to take care of you. Um, when my emotions get high, especially when helping babysit, I know taking a breath and if at all possible, kind of step into another another room and gather yourself if that's possible. Most of the time when I've helped Tina babysitting tina's there to make sure that the children aren't going to follow me if i go into another room and start yelling and shouting um from from what i experienced those would be the two biggest things i don't know how it would be i can't necessarily walk away from the from a child but that's what i got <laughs> that's your experience so far is walk away take a break take a breath johnny what about for you I guess I'll kind of get, I'll be mad about something that happened at work or something like that. And I'll come home and vent to Kenzie about it. And you kind of like, when you're kind of angry about something, it releases that chemical in your brain to where you're not really thinking straight, right? So I'll kind of be on like a, a rant about something. And then I'll remember that like Lily's right next to us. And then I'll look over and she's looking at me and I'm like, oh. So she kind of helps me regulate my emotions because then I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I should probably not be angry right now and try to calmly explain this to your mom because <laughs> I don't want her to be feeling anxious that there's tension, right? So, I mean, the baby itself is what helps regulate my emotions, I guess, <laughs> because I'm more I'm more conscious of it. Mm. When, when I start to get, you know, they're sad or mad or something and then it comes out and then you look, you're like, oh yeah, take a step back. Don't act overwhelmed or mad in front of your kid because... I don't want to cause those, those, those thoughts for of anxiousness, I guess. So, cause I guess I saw that a lot with my parents, like when they argue and stuff. So I don't want, can't, I don't want Lily to be exposed to that all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, we keep saying, take a breath, but actually take a breath. I realized <laughs> helps because Kenzie told me about breathing techniques and all that, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like not into that stuff, but then I actually tried it. And yeah, if you actually do breathe in through your nose and inflate your chest all the way and breathe out, it actually calms you down. It works. 
I do it at work all day long too, if something overwhelms me. So. Yeah, it's good to have those That's things that you can do anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah I also med- heard a you little say, quick meditation you can do. <laughs> yes, awareness. I heard you talk about awareness, and I think that is powerful, right? It's hard to regulate emotions if we don't know what they are. So really learning to be aware of what's happening in our bodies to know our emotions. It sounds like it's something that you've worked on and that you use to regulate emotions. All right, Joe, your emotional regulation tips. Honestly, the it's going to sound just like the other two is regulate your emotions. The way I do that is through music. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed, like I'll, I try and listen to more relaxing music lately, a lot more like reggae music and just more uplifting type music that just kind of puts you in a mindset of, yeah, you had a crappy day, but that's, that's okay. And helps me process that tomorrow isn't going to be that way. There's just, I think music is a big one for me because I get, I, I have the luxury of having an hour drive home. So if I had a crappy day at work, I literally just express my feelings in the car. So I try not to bring those emotions in the house, like leave work at work and, and things like that. Yeah. If there, if there was an extra hard day then I might tell Heather about it, but I try and just keep it separate, you know, taking a step back, taking a step away. And sometimes you, like you said, you can't leave them as much as you'd like to you're like oh man you're being so mean right now i just want to just leave you right here on the couch but i can't but there are other times where like before everest got a toddler bed there was times where i would be overwhelmed and i i wouldn't know what else to do so i would make sure that he was safe in his crib have a show on and i'd walk away until he calmed down or i calmed down or or both of us just because at the time it wasn't when you start feeling overwhelmed, your logic goes out the window and that's when you start making mistakes. And then that's when you're, you start regretting what you've done. So the best is to, to recognize that and to step away before that happens. Yeah. I love that you brought that up, Joe, that sometimes you can't walk away. You have to, or you have to find a way to do it safely. That is apparent to it. And sometimes that's harder if you're there alone. And that it's okay to make sure they're safe and make sure you're safe. That's important. And I love that you listen to music as a as an outlet for being able to channel those emotions and take time for you. That's really good. Okay, we're going to move into what we call our take two. So this is more about relationships and societal expectations. And our first question is, what's your number one pet peeve around being a father in society. So, so societal views or societal opinions about fatherhood, your number one pet peeve. Uh, I know for me, it would still go back to that to help dads cope would be to drink and to throw in a second one real quick would be that dads are not supposed to show emotion. Those would probably be my two biggest things where I don't meet those two. I try not to show emotion and it doesn't work. I get more dramatic than anything. And (laughs) I am not a big drinker. So I don't feel those two pet peeves or the, the, the societal things that, Oh, dads need to, it's okay that dads drink to cope. And I go like, no, it's, it's not okay for dads to drink to cope. And it should be okay for dads to show emotion because we're humans and that's a very humanistic thing. Yes, absolutely. We're all born with them and they happen. So everybody gets to have them. It's not gender specific and healthy ways of coping instead of unhealthy ways of coping. What about for you, Johnny? Two biggest societal pet peeves. I guess one of them would be what a father has been portrayed to be expected to be as far as like, you know, main provider and doesn't do any of the cleaning or any of the diaper change or any of that. I feel like it's kind of changed now. Because actually in our household, Kenzie is the main income. So we kind of have a balance of mom and dad responsibilities. So I guess it's annoying to me in society that it's perceived that the woman does most of all the diaper changing and the feeding and the bathing and all that. Because it's actually, it's a team effort and it actually really helps build that bond between you and your kid. So I guess that's kind of one of my annoying things because... I guess the second thing would be would tie into that is the lack of having a support system 
because my my family's big, but most of I'm I'm the baby of my family. So all of my older siblings have gotten their own families and moved away. So really, the only support system we have as far as family would would be either my dad, but he doesn't really know how to take care of a baby, or Kenzie's mom, but she lives in Ogden, so she's not here a lot. So societal, I guess it's annoying that there's not more of like a child care support system that the government provides or something, you know, for people who need the help. Because that was definitely within the first year of having Lily was finding child care. We went through like six or seven babysitters just dealing with people who weren't reliable or would commit to something and then just flake on us, you know. So I guess societal pet peeve, child care should be something that's provided by the government or be affordable <laughs> because it's like taking on a second mortgage pretty much. Yeah, I, I love that conversation around if you don't have family support, I think that's the, the vision or the, well, build a support system or family needs to help or that idea that you can just handle it all versus you can't and you need support and childcare is outrageous. I mean, it's a lot more expensive than when I was having kids and I remember it being a huge burden and, and trying to figure that out. I also was thinking about what you said around that. I think moms will talk about, you know, what it's like to change diapers, be up all night, have those conversations and have empathy in society. But I don't think dads do. I think there's a shift in dads being stepping up and being dads with less change in societal supports and conversations around doing the same things and not getting that. Wow. What was it like for you up all night again? And, and those challenges that that dads don't have the support systems to have those conversations mm -hmm. and I can see why, how that would be a pet peeve as you guys are, are uh, really paving new roads and creating new roles and new visions around being a dad as a generation. I'm going to off topic for just a minute. I worked on what it means to be a man with my master's thesis and have a a lot of, I've said for a long time, I can't wait till men have their uprising that, that women did with feminism and pushing back against societal expectations and societal norms. And I can't wait till men do the same thing in the way that we're tired of fitting in a box and being told this is how we're supposed to show up in the world. And this conversation gives me hope that that's happening and that you're, the three of you are, are leading that charge or in a part of that group that's speaking up and standing out. So a little bit of a diatribe, apologize for taking up space with that, but just want to say thank you for doing that because it definitely needs to happen. All right, Joe, your pet peeve around fatherhood in society. Well, honestly, the biggest one I'd have to say is the daggum gender roles that society has placed on women and men separately. You know, we're not in the fifties anymore and we need to cook. We need to clean we need to do just as much house stuff as the women do. They're just as tired as we are. They have their own jobs, their own responsibilities and stuff. And if there's times we balance who gets up with Everest in the night, there's some nights I'll get two or three hours of sleep and go to work. That makes it so one of us has a good day at work and then it will switch. So it's not all of the, all one person doing all of the work. Um, I tried to be, even when she was, when we were still bottle feeding, I would try and be up and supportive while she was bottle feeding because I knew how much sleep she was losing. And I was just one little sacrifice that I could make so we could be on the same page. The other one is what Dave said, is uh, keeping the emotions inside. You know, I, I don't want my, I only saw my dad cry like twice in my entire life. That was once when he lost a puppy and once in a funeral. And I want my son to realize that if he's having feelings that he can show them there's times where I'll cry at a freaking commercial on TV. And Heather's like, are you seriously crying? I was like, why do you have emotions? You know? And, and it's so funny. Cause I feel like sometimes just, just like you said, somebody to cry with my wife is the opposite. She's like, you're crying again, you big boob. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, how are you? Aren't you crying? You heart how are you so heartless? It's just like, is your heart made of stone? <laughs> like, Oh, and, you know, I want I want that to always be something that, you know, my son is like, oh, I feel like I need to cry. I'm going to cry. 
So I think those are my two pet peeves is just have balance in gender roles and to have emotions, not bottle them up. Yeah. Just thinking what all three of you have spoken to is that I was just thinking of those comparison and gender roles to when women started in the workplace, there was a lot of, you know, you're needed because of the war effort, kind of get out and do that. Or, and I know that's happened in different phases, but that there was that feeling of unprepared, but this is now the expectation or the training wasn't there provided, but this is the expectation. And that's absolutely what the three of you are going through that, um, as you've talked about, nobody taught you to change diapers, take care of babies, prepare bottles, balance the things that you are choosing to do and step into that role of being a dad and that really you're at the front line of change and really just honoring that and what you're going to pass forward but really the the place that you're at in that process of change in society and that you'll you'll train the next generation maybe not train but but hopefully we are better about this is how you do it regardless of your gender you know how to take care of a baby and, and step into the role of being a parent and not feel so unprepared for that as we do it different, hopefully, through all the genders as my responsibility in that as a, a female and, and as dads and moms that we do that different. So our last question is, where have you discovered the best support or advice on being a dad? A little bit from my own dad, a little bit, not a lot. <laughs> Listening to both Joe and Johnny is actually a lot of good advice. Uh, I've known Joe for quite a long time, and there's some good advice, especially that he's had three years experience. And actually with both, when I watched, helped Tina watch the kids that she babysits, their dad does quite a bit of stuff for him, and he's got a good bit of advice. And also some of the people I work with, because I'm a high school teacher, the teachers are more than happy to give me advice and give me their lessons and and say, hey, it'll be okay. And we also have a nursery at our school, so I get to talk to some of the parents that are also students and experience what they go through. So those were some of the places I found some of the best advice and uh, support. For me, it was I, I have coworkers who have kids, too. So I got a lot of good advice from them because I've got a coworker who's got a five-year-old and then I've got another coworker who has a three-year-old. So I got a lot of good advice from them. I actually ended up getting a lot of good advice from my wife because she has a little brother. She's taken care of babies before. So anytime I had something I was questioning myself on, I always had her to turn to. And then from my family, mainly like just my sister's, because they, I have a sister who has five kids, another sister that has another five kids. So that's where I found the best advice in the family. And then actually, I watched a lot of YouTube videos before Lily got here. Because there's actually a lot of really good, like, dad YouTube channels I discovered. Mm-hmm. So I watched a lot of those before Lily came. And that helped a lot, too, to kind of ease my mind of how things were going to go and um, actually get to get advice from dads that were in similar age to that have YouTube channels. So, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought to look YouTube channels and make those connections with other dads. That's great advice of places to go for support. And then it sounds like a lot of reaching out and asking questions, putting yourself out there to, to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say other dads, like my my own father, you know, I'd ask him sometimes, is this normal or what did you do? Cause I had one brother, his name's Garrett and he was the hardest baby of all babies I've ever experienced. He would literally cry from Brigham city to Camas and it wouldn't stop. Like nothing would soothe him. And then like when my mom would go to meetings and my dad had to watch him, he would cry the whole night until she got home. So I'd ask him like, you know, what do I do? He's like, just sometimes you just have to set him down, make sure he's safe and walk away. Otherwise you're going to do something you're going to regret and you can't go back from that. Honestly, there's a lot of like people I follow on Facebook and stuff that like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of dude dad, but 
I've followed his stuff for years and yeah, it's pretty comical, but like he's got some serious stuff. Like he actually has some good advice on there and then you kind of get stuck in rabbit holes of, you know, other type of media influencers, see how they're doing it and, and see how they balance things. And and then you kind of incorporate some of the stuff they do, because let's be honest, some of the stuff that they do is not, you know, feasible for someone like me. So I'll, you know, pick and choose what they do to, to know how to raise a son and to how to be a better dad. Gotcha. So reaching out, looking on social media, I know Johnny had brought up YouTube also. So it sounds like there's some social media following that can help with that support and change. And then reaching out for advice from family and friends, biggest parts of support with that. And then I think Johnny also brought up and uh, Dave a little bit in your partner that it's okay to also ask them, what do you think? And how do I get support around that too? So our last section is we call it the spin the wheel. It's a, a body question and we don't have the wheel because we're virtual. So we're just, you get to choose whether you want an even question or an odd question. So Dave, you get to go first, even or odd. Well, I feel like a pretty odd person, so I'll take an odd question. So the odd question is, what is one way you are offering your body kindness in changes around being a dad? Well, that's a little tricky because this last year has been kind of a roller coaster with my body. I've learned that I'm a type 2 diabetic, and so for to offer my body kindness at this moment is almost any type of sugar <laughs> and at the moment i'm on really good meds so i can take a little bit of sugar <laughs> but that that would be the body kindness a little bit of sugar and lots of water good so we're in t- thinking about your nutrition and ways to fuel your body to be able to take care of yourself mm-hmm. gotcha okay what about for you johnny even or odd let's do an even one Okay. Even one would be, how are you coping with the changes in your body that come from being a dad? You know, honestly, I didn't really take care of my body before Lily and I'm not doing it still. So (laughs) (laughs) I haven't really uh, found any difference really more that I'm just kind of more tired because I get a little less sleep sometimes, but uh, I I should be more kind to my body. I think uh, Kenzie highly suggests that all the time and tries to force me to eat vegetables, but um (laughs) <laughs> so that's kind of going to be a challenge. I guess um, Lil- Lily's helped me too because she l- really likes fruits. So I cut up a lot of fruits for her and then I end up eating it too. So I guess having Lily is helping me be more kind to my body. <laughs> that's good. I'm wondering with your, being, yeah, with your being tired, how are you taking care of your body while being exhausted from having a one-year-old and a newborn? Uh by destroying my body with caffeine. <laughs> I think you did say um, stock up on energy drinks now, didn't you, earlier on? No, I think that I think was, that was Joe. Else. Oh, was but, that Joe? Yeah, that, yeah. But yeah, we, I do I do drink coffee every morning. And uh, yeah. the caffeinated beverage definitely do help. Um, yeah, so that's think, how you're coping. Yeah, that's how I'm coping with it, yeah. <laughs> so fueling your body with extra ways to get energy. Yeah. <laughs> all right what about for you joe now you know what both of the options are do you want an even or an odd question oh odd okay so odd was what is one way you're offering your body kindness honestly i've probably been more active this last six months than i think i've been in the last 10 years just finding excuses to go outside when it's 100 degrees it's kind of hard to do so the fact that i've been doing better that way is just in my opinion feel i feel like it's doing me a lot of be- a lot of good feel like I'm getting more energy as the time goes on. And then I'm actually taking advice from my doctors and taking supplements that I've never taken before, like vitamin B12 and vitamin D and stuff like that. Other things is I have low testosterone, so I take testosterone injections every week. And that's been helping me have the energy and the level-headedness to stay to keep up with my boy because he is wild. <laughs> they require a lot of energy. Yes, they do. Yeah, and I love that idea of taking care of your health um, around what does my body need and how do I fuel it and take care of it in a different way to give myself the energy that I need to take care of a toddler. All right, our last one, this is called our rapid fire question, which means usually Janae and I just spitball a question, but we decided not to do that to you. So the question is, what's your favorite part about being a dad? 
My favorite part about being a dad or going to be a dad is someone that I hope will find the stuff funny that I find funny because Tina's mm-hmm. Tina's humor and my humor aren't exactly aligned. And some of the stuff I find funny, she doesn't find funny. And some of the stuff she finds funny, I don't necessarily find funny. And from my experience with little kids, they'd normally get like both their parents' humor. So that's what I'm excited for. Excited Heck for yeah. having someone that maybe can have your same sense of humor, same reflected parts in you. Yeah. That's yeah. cute. I love that. <laughs> for me, it's just really exciting to be able to essentially relive your childhood. Because I think I never really grew up. I just got bigger and hairier. But um, <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm just excited that I'm a, I'm a bigger kid that has a kid now, essentially. Because I just, I still like to go look at all the toys down the toy aisle, even before Lily was here. So I think it's really going to, it's going to be amazing being able to like see through her eyes all the childhood stuff that I like to do. Like, and we live pretty close to Toughest Parks and, you know, Funland just got refurbished. Like, it's going to be fun to just see her eyes through all of that stuff. I'm excited for all of that. All the activities, all the toys and just playing so so your favorite part of being a dad is being able to check back into the own your own excitement and joy around being a child and and yeah i get that oh yeah oh yeah i keep seeing all these toys that come up on my feed man that those algorithms they'll get you right (laughs) buy one toy and then they show me all this stuff i'm like oh i used to have one of those when i was a kid in the 90s now i need to get one for lily you know (laughs) Yeah. Makes sense. What about for you, Joe? You know, I think the the best part about being a dad, the first thing is I love snuggling him. Oh my gosh. He is the snuggliest little boy ever. And I'm going to take advantage of that as long as possible. I'm also a kid at heart. There's been times before we had Everest that I'd do stuff in the store and Heather's like, what did you just do? <laughs> like, there was one time there was this little girl, this dad was shopping for produce and the produce is always by like the flower department and where the balloons are. And they parked his daughter underneath the balloons and she's all reaching for one. And I got a thought and I was like, this would be funny. So I handed her one and I walked <laughs> around the corner and the dad turns around and sees that she had grabbed, that she had one and he's all looking around. I mean, cause she was like two feet away from grabbing these balloons and I'm laughing like I'm in this aisle just laughing my guts out. Heather's like, what did you do? And I pointed and she goes, no. I was like, oh yeah. So stuff like that. Like You probably made that little girl's day. Yeah. Her dad was upset, but I didn't care about it. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the type of stuff that I look forward to, you know, just being a kid at heart and just, you know, having fun. Like I'm that the dad that runs around my, with my son at the, splash pad and i'm the only dad in the splash pad and that's okay you know <laughs> i've been you know it's so funny because there's been times where like at the park someone is trying to turn on or like adjust something and they see me and they're like he can help me out he's huge and i'm like <laughs> okay let's help let's press the button over here and then i'll go back <laughs> and stuff and and i think that's the best part about being a dad is just reconnecting with your younger self you know and and realizing that you can have an imagination again because I think it, it, your imagination kind of dies as you get older, not dies, but goes dormant. And when you have kids yeah. kind of reima- reopens that. Heck yeah. Yeah. I That's agree. Really cool. uh, yeah. I definitely have experienced that and as being a parent and love that, that your that experience comes out. And I think it, it really adds to being a parent and that fun think outside the box imagination creates such a magical, beautiful world for a child. So honoring you guys doing that. That is our last question. Thank you very much. Cause I would like to say that for showing up and being vulnerable and sharing your experiences and supporting other fathers out there, really honoring and your journey and being dads and how you're doing that different than how it's been done in other generations. Thank you for that. Yeah, it was really fun to hear everyone's perspectives when I was writing these questions with Penny before we, when we were in the planning phase of this podcast episode, I was really like, do we do different questions for the dads versus the moms? How are they going to answer these? But 
it was really fun to hear your perspectives and get a little bit of an insight of what fatherhood is like. Absolutely. So for our listeners of this episode, we have one more episode coming out in our parenting little trifecta here. So the next time you will hear from us, we'll all be in one big group. So we're going to have the moms and the dads and we'll be asking them just a few last little questions. And so you can look forward to that episode next. So thanks for joining us and we will check in with you next time.